return is very close And so you better be believing that our God is an awesome God Our God is an awesome God Welcome to a service at Holy Life Tabernacle in Brookings, South Dakota. We are proclaiming the good news of Jesus Christ. Now let's go into the sanctuary and here's today's message. Let's stand with me. We have our Bibles. Let's see if I remember how to do this. This is my Bible. I am what it says I am. I have what it says I have. I can do what it says I can do. Today I'll be taught the Word of God. I boldly confess. My mind is alert. My heart is receptive. I'm about to receive the incorruptible, indestructible, ever-living seed of the Word of God. I'll never be the same. Never, never, never. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah. We'll believe that the feedback doesn't happen too much, but if it does, I'll, I'll go move over to the other mic. Praise the Lord. This morning, I just want to talk about understanding the Word of God. And I don't know if I'm going to make this into a two-part thing or what. Just as I was studying this week and praying about it, this is what the Lord was showing me of, uh, of what He wanted me to talk about. So, uh, you know, we can have a lot of knowledge of the scriptures, right? We can know Bible verses and we can rattle them off. Um, you know, even even the Bible says that the demons even know and they tremble, right? So they have, Satan can have knowledge of things of the Word. Remember when Jesus was being tempted by Satan and uh, Satan was throwing out Bible verses at him like, well, the Bible says this. You know, you can, you can your angels will lift you up, you can... Throw yourself down from here, they'll lift you up, lest you dash your foot against a stone. And then Jesus came at him with contextually accurate word. Amen. So the devil, a lot of times, you know, he's going to he's gonna put something in our face that maybe is half true, and he wants us to bite it hook, line, and sinker, but we know that no, if the devil's saying anything, he's lying to us, amen. And so it's important to understand, okay, what are we reading? What is the what does this passage mean? Or what um, what is what is Jesus saying here when he's saying this? And not are we we're not always going to know right away. I mean, there's there's things that you know people for years study things and and you know read the word through, and every time you read it, there's still a new revelation. There's still something that God wants to reveal to you. Amen. We could have uh, infinity lifetimes, and, and we and we'd still be getting things from the Lord, and He's still going to reveal things to us through His Word. Amen. And so as Christians, we don't want to just know what the Bible says. We want, we want to understand the content of it. If I'm a good mechanic, I'm not just going to know that my, my car can start and drive. That's not going to be the, the, the extent of my knowledge. No, I'm going to try to understand why does it start and why does it drive, right? So if I'm a good mechanic, I'm not just going to say, you know, if they ask, what was the problem? I'm not going to say, I don't know. It's starting now, though. No, I'm going to, I want to figure out what's going on with the car. Right. And and you're going to know the ins and outs of the different parts and, and how things work and the mechanics of it. 
And we're supposed to be the same way, amen, as we read his word. So let's go to Matthew 13. And he said, therefore, I speak to them in parables, because seeing they do not see, and hearing do they not hear, nor do they understand. Okay? So Jesus, just think, you got to think of the time. You have these people that are under the Old Testament law, and so they're thinking, and they know the law. But even as you see Jesus ministering to them through the Old Testament law, there was very little understanding of what was going on. There was very little understanding of what the Old Testament meant. So even Jesus, as he's presenting new things to them, things that we're now living under this new covenant, he's saying, I speak in parables because they don't see, and they don't hear, and they don't understand if I just flat out tell them. Amen. And that's, I'm so thankful that we have the parables of Jesus in the Bible because there's sometimes where even for us with the Holy Spirit, it's hard for us to maybe understand something and we see a parable and we say, oh yeah, I get it now, right? So as we grow in the Word, as we grow in the Lord, we're going to start to understand some of these things, these kingdom principles, these kingdom concepts in His Word. So we can know what the Bible says, but we may not have the understanding of a certain scripture or a certain passage. And that is where the Holy Spirit comes in. Amen. Uh, one thing that, you know, the, the biggest thing in our life after salvation is we have the Holy Spirit on the inside of us showing us things in the scriptures. So as we read it, Pastor Dave always says, it's the only book that you can read it while the author is present with you. Right? So as you read the word, ask the Holy Spirit, what does this mean? What am I reading? Write down questions. Write down things that you're not sure of. Because the Holy Spirit will reveal those things to you. Amen? Someone may have all the teaching in the world under the best scholars, but the Bible is meant to be read, read through the Holy Spirit. We could. I was at a Bible study when I was in college, a, a different one from Firestarters. Somebody invited me to it. And, uh, and we're going through Scripture, and, and they're reading... Uh, you know, things from doctors of theology and, you know, you know, a lot of head knowledge, know, know the scripture and different things like that. And I tried to give my opinion or my take or what the Lord's shown me on a certain passage. And they didn't like that because I was unlearned. I was untrained. And all these scholars know more, knew more than I did. And they, they made the comment, um, well, let's just Let's just focus on what they're saying because they they went to Bible school and they did all these things. But but you got to remember, gee, how many of the twelve disciples were Bible scholars? Right, zero. Right. I mean, you know, the only you know in 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 the, in the Bible, Paul was the only really the only Bible scholar. You know, Nicodemus and them they followed Jesus, I believe. You know, just based on. You know, when, when he died, they took him down, him and Joseph took him down and buried him. But as far as, as, far as somebody who's, who's talked about a lot, Paul was the only Bible scholar. And, his, and it took his life to be transformed. And I, and I really, really believe that all that he had learned through his, I don't know what they called it back then, seminary, whatever it was, had to be retaught by the Holy Spirit as he wrote the letters to, uh, uh, the epistles, right? Because he couldn't write what he knew. He had to write what was continually being revealed to him. So, so we can look at the word, 
and we can have things like an onion peeled back revealed to us as we read the word, as we um, allow the Holy Spirit to work in our heart, work in our minds. The Bible is meant to be read through uh, the Holy Spirit, not just our intellectual mind. Amen. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding, and in all your ways acknowledge Him, and He shall direct your path. Amen. Lean not on your own understanding. So if we're reading the Word, and we, and we in our mind we think, well, it has to mean this, but it doesn't line up with the character of God. It doesn't line up with other scriptures that can be um, put into context with it, then maybe our mind is deceiving us and we need to really look at our heart and say, Holy Spirit, what do you mean? What does this mean? Because there's a lot of, you know, I've, I've heard before people say, well, the Bible contradicts itself. Well, no, the Bible does not contradict itself. Sometimes we just don't have an understanding of what the scripture means. And that's not a bad thing. I mean, we're, we're always growing and we're always learning. Amen. And if we, if we tell ourselves, well, I don't understand it, so I'm just not going to even, I'm not even going to worry about that part. Well, there might be somebody that comes along that has the same questions. And if the Lord's revealed the answers to you, you can say, no, he means this. This is what the Holy Spirit told me about this situation. One of the scriptures that really got me through, you know, my, um, when I was 20, uh, 22, I think, my parents uh, got divorced. And one of the scriptures that really helped me through was uh, in Corinthians, and he says, he's the God of all comforts, who comforts us in all of our tribulation, so we can comfort others. And I thought, wow, the Lord, I felt, I really felt like the Lord was preserving me, and, and you know, because I was, you know, my mind was, I was doing well, I was still in the, in the Word, I wasn't mad at God, I was, I was really doing better than I had thought I would, and I just kept hearing that, no, he wants me to be a light to somebody else who's going through some through the same thing, or something similar. And so, you got everybody here has have have had things in their life that hasn't been great, that that have gone through that hasn't been fun. But I just want to tell you that you can use that, and you can use, especially as you get into the word and you understand and you have understanding of the scripture, you can use those things to help comfort somebody else that's going through the same thing. Right? So we don't want to lean on our own understanding, but we want to allow the Holy Spirit to teach us. It's good to check ourselves once in a while and ask the Holy Spirit if the interpretation of the Scripture is correct. It's always good. You know, just like a car has, you know, every 3,000 miles you want to go get the oil change, and then they, they, they you know, usually 3,000 miles, right? And, uh, and then they check all the fluids and they, and they do things. Or you get tire rotations every once in a while or whatever it is. Why is it? So you can maintain the car, right? So you can continue it. So it can continue to run at a high level. So, you know, if we're, if we're reading the word and even if we feel a little bit we're getting off track, it's good to recalibrate and say, okay, Lord, am I missing anything? Holy Spirit, is there something about this that I'm not getting? And he'll let us know. He'll tell us, right? We want to ask the questions, again, does it accurately represent the character of God? Is this the interpretation that I want to see? Or is this the truth? I've seen that before too, right? Where we, we um, maybe sometimes somebody will try to justify what they're doing through the scriptures. And say, like, well, is that, is that the interpretation that I want to see? Or is this the actual truth is what, what I'm reading or what I'm learning, right? We recalibrate. Right? There might be some things that 
in our life that, uh, you know, I, I, I hear it all the time. Um, you know, if, if somebody's doing something maybe they shouldn't be doing, they say, well, I'm not convicted of that. And I always think, well, how much are you in the Word? Because the more we're in the Word, He's going to steer us back to the right direction. Just because I'm not convicted of something, yeah, I have the Holy Spirit living on the inside of me, but just because I'm not convicted of that certain thing doesn't mean that it's right. Right? So we continue to read the Word, and we continue to ask the Holy Spirit for understanding so we can calibrate back on the straight path, on the path of righteousness. Amen. Amen. We will save ourselves a lot of time and headache when we ask the Holy Spirit for guidance. Right? We'll save ourselves a lot of grief when we ask the Holy Spirit for guidance. And then the Holy Spirit wants us to know these things. He's not holding, the Holy Spirit's not going to hold out on you. Okay? I mean, yeah, it's true that we're not going to know everything, you know, right away, but he doesn't want to hold out on you. Let's go to 1 Corinthians 2, verse 9. And this, and I love this, it says, As it's written, I has not seen, nor ear has heard, nor have entered into the hearts of man the things which God has prepared for those who love him. But God has revealed them to us through his Spirit, for the Spirit searches all things, yes, even the deep things of God. So if you want to know the deep things of God, get in line with the Spirit. Amen? And we've talked about this before. You know, the, the Old Old Testament verse, I has not seen, nor hear, has heard, and, uh, nor have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared. But then I love that in verse 10 he says, but God has revealed these things to us. He's revealed. And how does he reveal the things to us? Through the Holy Spirit. Through his Spirit. Amen? So that's why it's important as we read the Word, we want to read it through a New Testament filter. Pastor Dave always talks about that, a New Testament filter, New Testament lens, but then also we're allowing the Holy Spirit to teach us and to guide us as we read. God's not trying to keep us at a distance when we can't see something in the Scripture, but He wants us to continue to ask, continue to seek, continue to knock. Amen? Amen. So if there's something you don't understand, just don't assume God doesn't want it to be revealed to you yet. No, you have to be persistent. Keep asking. Keep knocking, and he'll give it to you. Remember the parable of the friend who comes in the middle of the night and asks for bread? Remember, he, he, he comes to his friend's house, and he wants bread, and the friend says, I'm sleeping, go away. But, he says, but, the, but Jesus says, but he will eventually get up because of the persistence of the friend knocking. God wants to give us things that we want, but as we're persistent, um, it kind of forces his hand. Amen? He wants to give you those things, but as we continue to persist and as we continue to knock, he's going to say, wow, they really want it. They really want this. And he doesn't want to withhold us from it. There's another parable of the widow who went to the judge who neither feared God or feared man. And again, because of the widow's persistence, the judge would adventure. The judge didn't care about her. This, this, no. Don't get me wrong. This isn't a type and shadow of Jesus. He cares about us. Amen. He wants good things to up for us. But because of her persistence, the judge heard her case. Again, these parables aren't said to be a type and shadow of God, but to encourage, encourage us to pray until the answer comes. Amen. How many times, and I've done it too, where you pray for something, maybe for a little while, and then uh, maybe you get distracted or get busy, and, and the thought comes, 
oh, well, it's, it's okay. I don't really need it that bad. Like, it's okay, God, right? I'm just being honest. No, but what does he want? He wants good things for us. Amen. Jesus says that if, if a good father gives good gifts to his children, how much more will a heavenly father give good gifts to those who ask? And in a lot of translations, that's ask and continue to ask, right? We want to continue to ask God for things in our life. And it's not selfish to ask for things for our life, for needs that we have, amen? Or you think about a family, again, a family member that doesn't know Jesus, and, and I've heard testimony upon testimony of, fam- of family just continuing to pray, continuing to pray, continuing to pray. It doesn't look good. Continue to pray. Continue to witness. Amen. Continue to reach out. And eventually the heart softens to the point where maybe somebody else comes in and says, hey, do you know Jesus? Give their life to the Lord. Those are powerful testimonies. And it might be because we were just continued to be persistent. We continued to ask of God. We continued to inquire of God. Amen. I have a friend. um, So speaking of persistence, I have a friend who when he first got saved, he didn't have a job. So he read the Bible eight hours a day, front to back. Just He just read the I mean, it was just a supernatural thing. He got saved, and the Holy Spirit just put this in him just to read it. And he said that every time, you know, whenever he read it, it would be like he'd be so excited. He wouldn't get bored. Eight hours would fly by, and he just read it. He just read the Bible um, through it. And I thought, wow, what persistence to know your Savior you just became saved, and you want to know your Savior. Savior. The Word can do that, amen, to where you can't get enough. Right. I love what Pastor Kenneth Hagin used to say, get under the spout where the glory comes out. Amen? Be in, be in the Bible. Be around people that are going to encourage you, amen, that are going to help you get through things, that are going to help you say, no, keep believing, keep fighting, keep praying. Amen? Notice in 1 Corinthians 2.10, again, it says how God reveals things to us, and he reveals them through his spirit, not through our intellect, right? But through his spirit who bears witness with our spirit. So we can be reading and we can be trying to figure it out in our mind, but really he's going to reveal things to us through his spirit. Amen. Yeah, we might have a lot of Bible knowledge. You might know multiple verses in the Bible, but to really get an understanding and to really have a revelation, knowledge of things, we really want the Holy Spirit to be invited into that time of uh, reading or whatever it is. We want to allow the Holy Spirit to work on our heart. Don't let ever, anybody ever tell you that you can't hear from the Holy Spirit. Amen? Someone might say, you have to listen to me because I'm a man of God or I'm a woman of God. And I'm right and you're wrong. If we believe in Jesus, we're all men and women of God, though. Amen? If we believe in Jesus, if you believe in Jesus, you are a man, you are a woman of God. And he reveals things. He doesn't just, the Bible says God shows no partiality. So he reveals things to us as we ask, as we get into his word. Now, to the degree that we hear the voice of the Lord depends on how much we're in his word, right? Because the word activates faith to hear from him. So, you know, if somebody's saying something about your life and, and, and they real, they're in the Word a lot, and you're not in the Word at all, then you can't say, well, I can hear too from the Holy Spirit. 
No, what do we, we need to be humble as well, right? And you say, now, maybe there is something that I need to learn from this. Right? Again, you know, it's, it's amazing just as I've grown in the Lord, just in the last two or three years, how much I realize, like, the Holy Spirit is so important <laughs> in my understanding. The Holy Spirit is so important on decisions that I make. On, on uh, you know, how I talk to people, how I witness to people. Who, how I pray for people. I mean, in every area of our life, the Holy Spirit is so important because He knows exactly what to say and He knows exactly when to say it. He knows exactly what to do and He knows exactly when to do it. So the Word activates our faith to hear from Him because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. Right? So we don't want to just dismiss things that we don't agree with that are said, but we want to search the Scriptures. And Pastor Dave and I always talk about it that... that if there's something that we say you're not quite sure about, go to the scriptures. Go to the context of the scriptures. Okay? We want, we want you to be, uh, have your own relationship with the Holy Spirit. We want you to gain revelation, not just from what we say, but we want you to gain revelation because you're in the Word and you're, you're looking at things and, and, and the Holy Spirit is revealing himself to you in your quiet time. That's our prayer for you. Ephesians 3.17 says, Paul's praying, Christ may dwell in your heart through faith, that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the width and length and depth and height. To know the love of Christ which passes knowledge, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think, according to the power that works in us. So verse 18, that we may be able to comprehend with all the saints. So we want to comprehend, understand. In this context, he's talking about understanding the width, length, depth, and height of his love, right? We want to understand it, the width, length, depth, and height. And then he says that um, to know the love of Christ, which passes knowledge. He wants you to know something that passes our knowledge. How can we know something that passes our knowledge? Through the Holy Spirit. If we can't see it in our intellect, if we can't, you know, if, if it's too big for us to think about, then it's a heart thing. Amen. Then it's allowing the Holy Spirit to work on us and, and to reveal things to us that maybe we can't even understand in our mind. To know the love of Christ that passes knowledge, we can be filled with all the fullness of God. Verse 20. And even as we seek God for understanding, He's still able to do not just above, He's still able to do not just abundantly, but He's able to do exceedingly abundantly above exceedingly, abundantly above all that we can ask or think. According to the what? According to the power that we draw from heaven? According to the power that works in you, in me. Hallelujah. The power that works in us. Hallelujah. He's able to do exceedingly, abundantly above all that we can ask or think. Because the Holy Spirit's on the inside of us. I mean, he's given us power and authority to do these things. We might not understand it, amen, all. But as the Holy Spirit works on our life, we're going to see, wow, look what, look, look what the Lord has done. I thought that situation was impossible. But look what the Lord has done. I never, you know, Pastor Dave always talked about, you know, Pastor Kevin and Cindy being the most unlikely people at the time to get saved. I never, 
Now look what the Lord has done. Exceedingly abundantly. Amen? So we may not understand it all, but we do know what the Scripture says, that we can do exceedingly abundantly above all that we can ask or think, and it's according to the power that works inside of us. Not even just the power we draw from heaven. No, it's power that works inside of us. Amen? That should make you feel... Pastor Kevin always say, square your shoulders up, you know, be confident, right? It's make you feel pretty confident, confident in the Lord. Amen. Amen. But it takes more than head knowledge. I know that when I pray with thanksgiving that the peace of God that passes knowledge will guard my heart and mind in Christ Jesus, but can I put it into practice? So I might know the scripture. I might know that, yeah, I'm, I'm a child of God and, I'm, and uh, I should have peace and I should have joy and I should be prosperous, and my health should be good, divine health. But can we put it into practice? And this is how we become complete and mature in Him. Amen? So we can know the things of God, but as we do the things that He's told us to do, we start to become more mature as a Christian. We start to understand things even better. I can have all the faith in the world for healing, but unless I act on that faith, I'll have no results to show for it. James 2.17 And 18 says, thus also faith by itself, if it does not have works, is dead. Right? So we can have all this faith in the world, but if we don't put it into action, then there's not going to be a result that we're hoping for. We're not going to have the result of the faith if we don't put it into, into action. Verse 18, but someone will say, you have faith and I have works. Show me your faith without your works, and I'll show you my faith by my works. Right. Remember, you know, Paul even just talking about, he said, I didn't come to you with persuasive words, but I came to you in demonstration of the power of the Holy Spirit. Well, in order for the power of the Holy Spirit to activate, there needs to be something done by us. Right. He had to he had to go. He had to go to them. He had to put his faith in Jesus that, Lord, I know you can do it. And the power of the Holy Spirit, the demonstration of the power of the Holy Spirit is, is what got people saved and what got people into the kingdom. Right? We want to act on our faith. It's like if someone took all the classes, he or she needed to become a surgeon. And so they can answer all the questions they're asked about any procedure. They just know all the, the books, they pass, they pass with flying colors, A pluses all around. And, uh, and so they, they get quiz and they know exactly, oh, well, if this happens, then you have to do this, this, and this. Okay? They have a pretty good understanding, right? I mean, you can ask them any question and they knock it out of the park. They know exactly what they're doing. They read all the books. They passed all the tests, all the uh, surgical simulations, everything like that. But have they reached the fullness of their profession just by, just by reading and just by passing tests? No, right? They actually have to go into their job now and perform what they've learned. They've got to go into their job and perform the surgeries. And what happens as you do something more and more, you start to understand more and more of what it takes. We as Christians don't want to just know what to do because we read it. We want to receive the fullness of Christ by going out and doing what we were commanded to do. Amen? The Bible isn't just a, a, a book to, to sh- tell us um, what to do, but to, but to take with us and to be doers of the word. 
Put your faith into action. Lay hands on the sick. Make disciples of every creature. The more you do it, the easier it is to do. Maybe at first, you know, if you're not used to praying for somebody in high V or in the drive-thru or wherever, um, it might, the first couple of times, it might be a little intimidating because you're not 100% sure what to do, right? You're not sure what to say. You know, the Bible says the Holy Spirit will give us utterance and it will, it will tell us things that we can say, but, but the first couple of times is a little, a little intimidating. <coughs> Excuse me. <clears throat> but the more we do it, the more you look for opportunities to pray for somebody or the more you look for opportunities to lay your hands on somebody, it's going to be like a reflex. Like somebody comes, you're, you ask somebody how their day is, and they're like, ah, it's okay. It's like, what? It's like the opportunity. You, you realize the opportunity is like, well, hey, I, I have something for that, right? You want me to pray with you? Can I pray with you? And it just get, becomes more and more, um, more e- or it becomes easier the more you do it. James 1.22 James 1.22, the Bible says, Be doers of the word, and not hearers only, deceiving yourself. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he's like a man observing his natural face in a mirror. For he observes himself, goes away, and immediately forgets what kind of man he was. But he who looks into the perfect law of liberty continues in it, and is not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work. This one will be blessed in what he does. So the more you do something, the more confident you are in it. If you have opportunities to lay your hands on people every day, again, it just kind of becomes a, a reflex. You just, you, just, uh, you just do it, right? You don't even think twice about it. Or even something like praying in the Spirit. If you're not used to praying in the Spirit, and, or you know, praying in tongues, and the first time you're like, is this right? Am I doing, is this right what I'm doing? But the more you do it, the more it just, it just kind of flows out of you, right? Amen. Out of your belly will flow, flow rivers of living water. Rivers. It might come out as a trickle first, but continue to speak and you know, pray in the Spirit for the edification of yourself. Amen. In your quiet time, by yourself, however, however you want to do that. But as we do it, it's going gonna, it's gonna to happen more and more. If I never pray for people, when an opportunity comes, more than likely I'm going to miss the opportunity. Unless I break out from the hearer mentality to the doer mentality. I mean, we want to break the mold of just this hearer mentality and we want to translate it into this doer mentality. This, I'm going to go out and I'm going to do what I just heard, what I just read. A couple more, one more scripture here um, and then we'll, we'll be done and we're a little over time. Galatians 5.16 Understanding of the scripture comes faster through doing the Word of God than just reading or even hearing the Word of God. It's good to be a hearer of the Word, but our understanding of the Word through doing it will grow exponentially. Amen? Your understanding of what you read through doing it, through experiences, is going to grow. Galatians 5.16, I say then, walk in the Spirit, and you shall not fulfill the lusts of the flesh. For the flesh lusts against the Spirit, and the Spirit against the flesh, and these are contrary to one another, so that you do not do the things that you wish. But if you're led by the Spirit, if, um, you are not under the law. Verse 25, if we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. If we know what to do to please the Lord, go out there and do it. Don't just sit in the Spirit. My dad would always joke on Sunday afternoons, um, you know, after church and everything, that he was going to spend some time in the Word. And the Word was, he called his chair the Word. So he'd spend some time in the Word. As a Christian, we don't want to just sit in the Spirit. We want to walk in the Spirit. Amen? 
We want to walk in the Spirit. We want to do things. We want to affect people as we go for the Lord. Don't give any chance for the devil to come in and steal your understanding. Because the longer we stay here, only the more our understanding leaves us. So I think of, you know, when I was in middle school and high school, I played the alto saxophone. And, uh, you know, like 5th through 12th grade. So, I, you know, by 12th grade, I was pretty good. You know, I, I knew all the notes pretty much. And, and uh, you know, I could, I could keep a tune, you know, with the saxophone and everything. And, um, you know, I was in jazz band and I did all these things. But after high school, I just, I just kind of, I didn't play it anymore. I didn't really, I didn't really want to. Uh, it sounds terrible. I didn't really want to. So I, you know, years went by. Years. If I were to pick up a saxophone today, I would. I mean, the understanding of playing the saxophone has left me. Okay. I don't really know unless, you know, I don't really know how to play the saxophone anymore. But what happened if I, okay, I'm going to get a saxophone again and I'm going to go and take some lessons. What would happen? Start to come back to me, right? I'd be like, oh yeah, I remember this note. Oh, I mean, I could play songs just by mem- remembering the, the fingerings and the notes. As I continue to, to take lessons, it starts to come back to me. My understanding of how to play the saxophone right now is not what it once was, but it can get back to that if I wanted it to. Same thing with the, Holy, with the, with the scriptures and the understanding of the scriptures. If we go away from the word for a little bit, our understanding gets cloudy. We might still know, I know, I still know what a saxophone is. I still know that saxophone, there's an, there's a, an A note in a saxophone. But my understanding isn't what it used to be. So as we stay in the word and as we hear the word and continue to do the word, practice the word, our understanding just gets better and better and better. I was a better saxophone player in 12th grade than I was in 5th grade. Why? Because I continued to do it. Same thing spiritually. If I, get up, if I get out of the habit of being a doer of the word, just like the scriptures, I'm going to get into the world and immediately forget who I am. Right? So if I hear the word, uh, I'm going to go back to my other one right here. James 1.22 Anyone's a hearer and not a doer, he's like a man observing his natural face in the mirror. He observes himself, goes away, and immediately forgets who he was. Immediately forgets what kind of man he is. But if we continue in it, I'm going to get into the world and I'm going to understand, I'm going to know what the Holy Spirit wants me to do in the world. Amen. So we're, we're out of time here, but I just encourage you to be doers of the word. I, I encourage you to increase your understanding of the word. We don't have to be at a, the level that we're at now. If we continue to read and we continue to grow in the Lord, we're not going to just stay where we're at in our understanding. And maybe you, maybe you have a ton of understanding of the, of, the, of the Word. You can go higher. Amen? There's, no, there's, there's not a ceiling for knowing and having revelation of the Word. There's not a ceiling for having revelation of, of things and events that are happening that, that uh, you can take in, in, in your own life. There's not a ceiling for knowing the goodness of God. There's not a ceiling for knowing how much God loves you. Again, passes all understanding. Amen. Even the peace that God has for you passes all understanding. I love with God, it's, it's never just enough. It's never just, uh, just right there. It's always more than enough. 
It's always exceedingly abundantly. Amen. It's always more than sufficient. Amen? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Father, we just thank you for today. We thank you for your word. We thank you for your word, Lord, that even right now you're teaching us and you're, you're helping us grow up in you, mature in the Lord. And so, Father, I just thank you for everybody here today. Even as they go about their day, Lord, I thank you that their understanding, their revelation increases the more. Increases and increases, increases. And, and the, this, this scripture has been in my mind for the whole part of January so far is changing us from glory to glory. So, Lord, we just thank you. We just thank you that you want us to get on a higher level with you. Lord, that, that uh, you, you want us to know the deep things of God that the Holy Spirit searches. And so, Father, I pray for everybody here. I just bless everybody in Jesus' name. I declare a blessing on their life, on their families, Lord. Hallelujah. I thank you that I feel like somebody here doesn't quite understand how good God is and how much he loves you and he wants good things to be done in your life. And if that's you, just know that God wants good things to be done in your life. He doesn't want to have he doesn't want, doesn't want you to have second best. Amen. He wants you to have good things. And so Lord, we thank you for that. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. God is good. Praise the Lord. Well, have a great afternoon. I will see you out tonight, six thirty for Peter Shore. It's going to be great. You are dismissed. Thank you for listening to this inspirational message. We trust that you were encouraged in your faith. For additional information or resources, please contact the church at 605-692-4616. You can email us at holylife at brookings.net or visit our website at holylifetabernacle.com. If you're in the Brookings area, please stop by to visit a service. We are located at 241 Mustang Pass, just off Main Avenue South. Our service times are Sundays at 10 a.m. and 6.30 p.m., also Wednesday nights at 7. God bless you.